0: Welcome to Scale Up Heroes, where we bring the best minds with the best real life experiences when it comes to scaling up businesses. This is episode two of our live stream here at Facebook, and we're glad that you're here. These are the heroes that took on the difficult odds and live to tell the tale. And I'm your host, Randy Kentrell. All of our viewers, we want to offer you a special free 30-day trial membership to the Scale Up Academy. Just go to scaleupacademy.io, and we hope that you'll sign up today. I'm gonna bring in Andre Albuquerque. He is the head of product at UniPlaces and he is going to be our moderator today as we talk about scaling products. Welcome, Andre.
1: Thank you very much. And I want to appreciate the ScaleUp Academy for the invitation. it's a pleasure to be here talking about product. Uh, it's still a young discipline, especially here in Portugal. Um, I'm very happy to have uh, Pedro and Manuel. Pedro from Talkdesk and Manuel from Aptoy, two of the most renowned startups here uh, in Portugal and scaling up throughout the world. Um, I'd love to to get to know a bit about yourselves, uh, your roles, as well as what both of your companies do, what their mission is, and what you envision for the world. Oh, hi. Um, thank you again for the
2: opportunity also. Uh, so basically, uh, my name is Pedro Bastos, like Andres said. I'm product manager now at TalkDesk. TalkDesk is a cloud-based contact center software. And basically, to, to describe TalkDesk, I would go for three words like simple, open, and smart. We really try to have a super intuitive user experience from setup to the operations. Uh, and also uh, we we launched nowadays app connect that lets any partner to join us and to to create apps that can better respond to to new use cases and also we're really data driven to our clients so choosing the best data and the most relevant data also for them to increase their seats hat with their customers basically that's it <laughs>
3: Okay, uh, my name is Mignon, like Andrea said. Uh, thanks for the invitation also to scale up. So, I'm product manager at Aptide. Uh, we are one of the biggest uh, app marketplaces. Uh, and, one, and the biggest one uh, as long as we are an independent in identity, entity. And we have 200 billion million users per year that download apps that they cannot find anywhere, that are not necessarily mainstream, or that are difficult to, to get from their own countries. So we, are, we have disruptiveness in our DNA. We like to embrace innovation as part, as, our, as part of our roadmap. And we really like to challenge ourselves doing the best product we can with the resources that we have. And this is part of scaling up what we have today, thinking on what we want to have tomorrow.
1: Thank you very much, Manuel and Pedro. Um, it's great to have two very different types of companies here. Today, we have Talkdesk, which is a SaaS company, and we have Aptoid, which is a marketplace. And considering the, the focus of the session is around scaling up product, I would love to get to know a bit the differences of what this means in these two very different models. We'll probably have people who are building up their own uh, SaaS companies from the ground up, others who are trying to scale their own marketplaces, a very uh, known model to be extremely hard to to ramp up, uh, considering the two-sided um, characteristics of it. So, I want to start maybe with you, Pedro. Uh, I'd love to know how, uh, how you guys build product in TalkDesk, and what's the main differences uh, versus uh, a couple of years ago, or even when you were like three to five times smaller than you are today. Can you give me a bit of a hint there?
2: Sure. Well, I, I really can uh, undergo a contrast on talk desk some years ago because I, I joined recently. But I can tell you from from my experience and also from my, what I heard here from from my colleagues that basically I think it's not big. Uh, it's I think it will. Will not be much different from uh, Aptoid or something that for me, the main problem is the communication. So it's pretty easier when you're uh, when you're a startup or a company with 20 people uh, than is to when you are 50 and even easier if uh, if you are not 200. That's about the size that talk desk nowadays is so I think the the main the main difficulty right now is to have everyone communicating and everyone understanding each other because you have like different points of views uh it's uh, it's a mix up of minds and everyone really needs to be heard because everyone has a really good opinion so you have to factor in uh, every uh, all of that uh so basically i would i would go for communication being one of the most uh mostly Things that you really need to to work on while you are scaling up and also one thing that we we are working on top desk nowadays um and maybe this is this can be in fact a bit more about on saas environment is to becoming um more predictable to our customers so what this means is like you you when when you're young you can really try to push everything. And once you develop something that is useful, it's a useful use case, you just put it out there and to, for your customers to, to, to use it and get some feedback. And even you can like iterate and wor- work even more on it. Uh, but nowadays, I think we are starting, since we are having like high profile customers, we're, we're dealing with, with, uh, with uh, contracts that are really, really big we have to be more predictable. And I think this means like having some release management, um, undergo some some strategy on your product. So I do know that I, I can develop this in like one month, but I'm going maybe to have a release only on three months with all sorts of, of features. So you start to be more predictable. Customers r- really do know what they can expect from you. Um, and I think overall it, it will, it will be a better relationship with your
1: customers. Thanks Pedro. Manel, uh Aptoid, you have 200 million users. That's massive scale. Um, do you agree with Pedro around uh, communication being one of the biggest issues? How is it different building products at Aptoid now versus when you had like a percentage of these users?
3: Okay, yeah, it, at the end of the day, it looks like that 200 million users, it's a lot. But if we look at the whole market, It's not that much. And we want to grow. And that's our main goal. Regarding the challenges that we have, yes, I fully agree with Pedro, because communication is one of our four main pain points while scaling up the product and the way we want to work. So yes, communication is critical. The other challenge that we are right now having is the prioritization. that is closely related with communication, it's a little bit different. We need to really know how to prioritize things because it is extremely important to guarantee that we give the right steps when we are build, trying to build the right product. Then the third challenge that we have, it's try to guarantee some sort of anticipation of the obstacles, of the challenges that will come ahead. When you are working in an extremely competitive environment like the one that we are, when you try to compete with giants that have resources that never end, we really need to, to, for, to, to realize what are the battles that we are going to have in the near future. And this is also critical when we want to build the product, the best possible product to deliver to our end users. But last but not least, while we are growing as a company, as a product, we also need to guarantee that we keep some of the sexiness that allowed us to grow. Otherwise, we lose a bit of our identity. And this is also critical here at Aptide. We need to guarantee that we continue to, be, to have working methodolo- internal working methodologies that continue to be challenging to ourselves. And with this, we bring to our users the best possible product. This is the main challenges that we have currently.
1: I wouldn't say uh, it better. Like I want to follow up on uh, on prioritization. Uh, it's very well known that prioritizing uh, product uh, development is one of the hardest things product managers have to do on a daily basis. Um, you mentioned that as one of your main challenges. Tell me, how, one, how do you prioritize on a, on a weekly basis to build uh, the products that Aptoid is delivering to the market, and especially as this is a very, very big problem for marketplaces, how do you prioritize between two sides of a marketplace that tend to be very, very different? In your case, if I'm not wrong, you have developers building uh, to your marketplace, to your app marketplace, and on the other side, you have users who have to download your apps and present uh, your developers to these users. So how do you prioritize? What's the process you use?
3: first of all, a lot of faith. (laughs) Uh, At the end of the day, we need to have a bit of luck also when we are prioritizing. But in our case, it's even a little bit more difficult because we don't have only two sides of the equation. Yes, on the demand side, we have the end users, the gamers, the people that download apps from our marketplace but we also have third parties that will rely on our content, that rely on the safety of what we are doing and also consume our apps. So on the demand side, we have two entities that are very, very important and central to us. On the supply side, on the other hand, yes, we have developers that work directly with us, but we also have a strong community that support us, that share with us, that share with the community, the apps that are difficult to find. So while building the product, while prioritizing, we need to guarantee that these stakeholders are taken into consideration. So how do we do it? I would say that we base our decisions in three, four points. First of all, in a more structured way, OKRs. We internally have OKRs that we need to achieve, that guide at a high level what we need to do. Then, a little bit down, we have Meetings with stakeholders, standups that guarantee that we tend to be aligned. This is not always easy. It seems, but it's not. But at a lower level, it's the way we guarantee that then at uh, an operational level, the agile methodology that we have embraced is op- it works as we guarantee that the roadmap, the sprint road backlog is correctly prioritized and correctly grouped. So at the end of the day, we try to identify the best and most relevant whys. We try to guarantee that we have the right house to address them. And with the teams, and this is something that is very very relevant for us, and we still are learning how to, to best profit from it, the teams decide, define, specify the best what to address the house that we have built.
1: Thank you very much, Manel. Pedro, SaaS. SaaS is a synonym of sales, uh, which is quite a different flow from uh, marketplaces. Um, How's your prioritization process uh, considering the importance of of closing quarters, of dealing with uh, scaling up from SMB to enterprise business? Uh, Is it the same as as AppToy that Manel mentioned? Uh, Or do you have a different flow? How does it work?
2: Uh, obviously, there there are a lot of resemblances with, with AppSide. We do we we do have weekly meetings and bi-weekly meetings with with much of the stakeholders. But uh, I would I really give a, a shout out here for our sales team that they have the the most awesomely <laughs> data data that they can that I ever saw. So they in fact register everything, and when I say everything, is everything. So sometimes it's like. Quite, a, it's it's perfect. It's wonderful to just dwell on their data because you you take take a lot of insights from there. Like, why do I lost a deal, or why do I want this deal, or what are the main gaps do I have for a certain feature? So, basically, they register so many things that we can really have some data driven insights from from from, there, from only the sales data. Um, also, we have a lot of
4: we have like biweekly meetings. Um, uh, so, regarding to gaps, so on a pre-sales, um, on a pre-sales, or even on a sales uh, process, um, really, really good to have on on an enterprise. It's a close connection with CSM. So. Customer support managers that are insights to understand what uh, what this client needs uh, and if they are being met or A little extra that they, they, all these all these clients are needing that you really have a feature that is working.
2: Uh, but you really need you really need to to update it or, or something that maybe it's not your priority, but it's really a small tweak or it's a quick win that it can really push the, the customer satisfaction of your of your customers. So I would go for meetings uh, with pre-sales and sales, uh, understanding our gaps. Meetings, regular meetings, also with our CSMs. Having uh, our executive decisions also uh, always present when we are defining our roadmap, and right now, as I said before, uh, we are uh, we are starting to to addressing uh, to be more predictable to our customers. So basically, we do work this. uh, uh, We do our we do have a process on on working with this. So gathering all these insights, uh, building a roadmap, presenting this roadmap. Uh, and obviously, uh, you you do have a three-month roadmap, and maybe the six-month or even the year roadmap. It's more planned than a doable than doable plan,
1: but but it's
2: something that we're we're really working on.
1: That's great, Pedro. I'd love to touch more around. Uh, now, product quality and uh, growing a product, making a product more complex, but at the same time maintaining the same level of quality as when you were much smaller, when uh, maybe the founders or the CEO were much more in touch with the product development and were much more uh, closely at deciding what to build. Uh, once a company gets bigger, this is harder. Uh, Talkdesk has a particular size already. Can you, can you actually update us on how many engineers, how big is your product and engineering organization, and uh, how do you maintain product quality with an ever-growing product, more complex set of features, uh, and even more pressure from the market?
2: Well, I, I can tell we're almost 200 right now on, on, on Talkdesk company size. I would tell you that for me, so maintaining a product quality, I think it really relates to how you manage your teams. So if you, if you manage your teams on a fashionable way,
4: you, re, you really can achieve that quality on your product, even if you're like 100 on three organizations on, and three different types of industries, so retail, banking, energy. So I think... in your organization. So right now, we
2: have a, we are proposing a new way to set up our teams. So we do have a different uh, setup uh, uh, than we had before, uh, but that will correspond to our vision and to the roadmap we want to achieve in. Um, but I really do think uh, that this setup will morph into another one Better later than sooner, obviously, but I, I really think it will it will it will change. Um, also, one thing that I really do do, do feel that it, that we have as a strategy is so retention. So it, it is a big must since you really want to have people that really understand the, your product guts and they also they can correlate everything that is happening on one side or on or, or on the other side of your of your product. So, I would go for, for these two to maintain your product quality and even to, to get it better.
1: Thank you very much, Pedro. Uh, we had a bit of interruptions because of the internet, but I think we heard most of it. Uh, Manel, Manel, I'd love to, to touch around on the same issue. Uh, how do you at Aptoid maintain product quality? How do you grow it to become more complex? To answer your, both of your users, both developers and um, smartphone users, uh, with more features, with what they ask, but also coping with the pressure, but still maintaining a product quality. How do you do
4: that?
3: Okay, Uh, regarding quality. uh, As you probably know, we are growing our product portfolio and only this by itself is already a challenge to guarantee the quality that we, we know our users demand. So, one of the first things we decided as a company to do to better address the quality challenges was to change the working methodology. So until six months ago, four months ago, we were very uh, startup-ish. So we were trying to prioritize everything more or less at the same time. We were not organized, focused on the product. We were organized, focused on the technology stack. So the first thing that we have made, the first change that we have made to guarantee that the quality was guaranteed was a methodology change. So currently we are working on Scrum and a key feature of Scrum is to guarantee that we have the concept of then, And part of that concept is the quality assurance. So we only deploy, we only roll out things to production if and only if the then concept has been fully fulfilled and these forces impl- to guarantee that the quality assurance has already tested functionally and also from the code perspective everything that we have done. So this is part of the process to guarantee that we deliver the best possible quality to our users. The, on the other hand, we also are trying to guarantee that we clean up our products whenever we need. Like Pedro said, data is critical to guarantee what that what we are doing is what users need and what users want. So in order to guarantee that we minimize the effort to continue to scale up, whenever we need, whenever we understand, whenever we realize that our users are no longer user, using a given feature, we remove it. So this way, we can guarantee that we clean up our products, we keep them lean. And we do not have an overweight burden to guarantee that we deliver good products.
1: Makes absolute sense. Uh, Manel, earlier uh, on the conversation, uh, you mentioned communication as being a massive challenge. Uh, and Peter said that one of the ways they build uh, their product and one of their best ways to prioritize is to be very close to their CSM. So, uh, my question here is. How do you tackle uh, communication, especially with stakeholders, to understand what you should build, what's your process to get feedback, and how do you define what matters and what doesn't matter? How do you actually see from all the noise what is really important for you to build the best products?
3: More or less like we said, so there is no, this is not, no rocket science. So we have to, to listen to our end users, both on the demand and on the supply side. So our business teams are critical to guarantee that they are the best spokesperson from what the market wants. On the other hand, data. Data is critical, particularly when you have the large amount, large folds of data that AppLite has, we really need to profit from it. So we really need to deep dive in the numbers and get the best insights that we can to guarantee that we have the right roadmap. So having the right roadmap, the quarterly one, allows us to then to discuss with stakeholders, internal ones, marketing, tech, development teams, Android teams, uh, what they really need. And on the other hand, this will also allows us then to build better product backlog and better sprint backlog. So at the end of the day, it's not a, a waterfall system because it's much more agile, but you have to guarantee that while you are doing the sprints, you are really addressing what is needed on the product side. And these needs are not only from the users, are not only from the developers, are not only from the tech side, it's not only from the infrastructure side, it's the whole product needs. So this is how we are working right now. We guarantee that we have the right communication for on. Active
4: makes absolute sense. Uh, Pedro,
1: on the same topic communication, um, everyone that has worked with salespeople knows how much salespeople like to uh, make something a bit shinier, um, for sure your salespeople at TalkDesk have a very close contact with your clients and they generally, I'm assuming, they ask certain things for the product team to build. Um, How do you uh, not get distracted and how do you define what's really important from what your sales team is telling you to build uh, from what you really need to build? What's that process like? Well, basically, I don't read their
2: emails, (laughs) I'm joking. Uh, I think I think it's like uh, a really straight communication between us and them. Obviously, uh, uh, we do have like uh, CSMs that are really close to clients, and we have CSMs that uh, work uh, on a community basis. So, usually, what we try to to understand with them is what what is the the need of the customer, and if that relates to the need of a much more customers or Um, or if so yeah so it's if it's the need of much more customers maybe it's something that we really need to reprioritize so like I've said sometimes it's a quick win that we really achieve and it it gives us uh, customer satisfaction uh, much better customer satisfaction so if it is a quick win why not Um, but then again I think answering your question we we do have one-on-ones with CSMs um we do have one on ones also with customers sometimes so if you have a particular use case uh, and you and if it's a high profile client if it's something that you see that it that it can work for many of your customers we really try to understand what's the need talk directly with the customer maybe uh double check it with uh, one or two or three more customers to really understand what we're talking about because sometimes when we when you're talking with a customer or with a CXM, usually they don't come with the, the needs. They come already with the uh, the the solution, and sometimes it's the solution is not it's not actually what they need. It's more or more more or less what what they're telling, but you really have to work a, a bit on it and you can do a better a better feature or a better enhance uh on on your feature to to respond to it so basically i would go um to have a really really good conversation with cxms really understand what what is the pain and what's driving that that email and also have everything in perspective so this is our roadmap. This is what we're building. Is this really more important to to put it on uh, put it right here on this roadmap? Because it will impact other things that you're actually doing. So um, I think that's
1: about it. Yeah.
2: do makes uh, It completely resonates with. You.
1: Doing it with you know, some of the struggles that we have here as well. Uh, love those people, but um, I wanna I wanna ask you something because I know that Talkdesk has part of the product leadership uh, in the US um, and also a few PMs uh, and a majority of PMs in, in the US. Correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, uh, and a lot a few other P, uh, product managers here in Portugal but the majority of the development team, it's not all, is in Portugal. Um, and there's a lot of talking about remote work and how to deal with remote teams and how to make this work. Um, I'd love to know how you at Desk actually make this work, what are your main challenges, and how do you build trust uh, between these teams that don't actually have that bonding time near the water cooler? Like, how do you keep people from trusting each other and build product this way?
2: Yeah perfect question really good one so what i we do have like nowadays it's not most pms aren't uh, on on san francisco I, I think it's equally now 50-50 in lisbon and and san francisco also i wouldn't say lisbon i would say portugal because we also have offices in porto um, but yeah the communication is 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 is, is, a, is a challenge when you have uh, eight times uh, eight hours of difference so I, I work in a in a company, and the communication was hard. And the guys were in Porto, and we were in Lisbon. And <laughs> now I have product product managers on eight hours uh, eight hours difference. So you really have to have a good communication skills. You really need to go straight to the point. Uh, try to be pragmatic. So try not to dwell on everything. Try not to you really have to be pragmatic i think i think that's that's the main key here so sometimes you 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 really need to understand what what the needs are and just start working on it and start building on it um i do i i do i do uh see it's uh it's it's hard sometimes to 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 make it work because Sometimes you really need to factor all these things. So my, mostly our customers are also there. So we, if you, I want to communicate with them, uh, it's it's quite hard also. Um, and having to the second part of your question, so how can I have confidence? How, how can they have confidence? Having that all the development team here, and yes, they all the development team is here. I think it's 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 a straightforward. So you really need product managers to believe and to 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 have confidence on your development team although i think the agile methodology really uh, gives you everything that you need to to build that confidence so i'll say i'll do these stories i'll i'll hang on on to these use cases we, we deliver them if it's it's if it's a if you have a red flag if you have a yellow flag you just bring it up and we all talk about it so i think that's that that's from the agile methodology that really helps you to 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 overcome that, those problems and also having a, a a a tool that helps you communicate something like jira it will it will really leverage the communication process. So if you have a user story that you really want to work with your CXMs or you do you have an issue, a bug that is really cramping use cases of your clients, and you, if we all work on that, if we all communicate through that tool, it's, it's it really easier to, to understand what's the problem because sometimes you have things for more than 100 days or more than 50 days. And to really get all that information, if you are just, Sending emails um, all, all all the time—it's it's really it's going to be a pain to understand what's what's the problem here. So having everything set up on one tool, it really eases the communication and the level
4: of confidence of of, of both teams. <coughs> <laughs> I appreciate
1: your, your answer. Sorry, I have a lot of noise
4: in my background, that's why you hear
1: this. I um, appreciate that Your challenges are very, very similar to the same as we have. and We don't have a remote team of product and development, so I'm very happy that we're going through the same uh, the same issues. Uh, I think that's good for any other teams out there, whether they're remote or, uh, or non-remote. Uh, Manel, just completely spinning the, the topic, um, I know you launched a crypto coin, uh, not uh, too long ago, so congrats on that. Uh, App coins, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I would, as it's uh, not that common yet for Portuguese startups and even European startups, at least ongoing startups to launch uh, crypto coins, I'd love to ask you, how did you know that was the right product for AppSway to build? And how did you adjust your roadmap considering blockchain technology and the novelty around it?
3: Great question. Um... Cryptocurrencies. We were not 100% sure that this would be the right way. We were probably 150% sure that this would be the right way. Like I told you before, disruption is part of our DNA. We, we currently are trying to guarantee that the, the app market, the app distribution market is not a monopoly. And it's extremely hard to do. And the only way we, we can win this battle is to guarantee that we believe in what we are doing as a team and we are able to deliver disrupt, disruptive solutions to the market. So App are the solution that allows us to be closer to developers, to be closer to end users, to guarantee that in emerging markets where people do not have access to to credit cards, they have the opportunity to play the games they want, to buy the items they want. And in this way, developers will also be invited to be in markets that currently are not that interesting for them. So this was key for us, not only from the business perspective, but also from the product perspective, perspective. Because it was a way to honor our commitment with developers and also honor our commitment with the community that always backed us up. So regarding the way this forces to, to adjust the, the, the product roadmap. Yeah, of course we had to readjust. We have around 40 heroes here that uh, are passionate about the code that they are doing and are passionate about delivering the best product they can sprint after sprint. So we had to reinvent ourselves, and in terms of product roadmap, yes, we had to do some changes. We, we are lessening up a little bit the support we are giving to products that are not that critical for us, that are not so central for the strategy that the cryptocurrencies as, as forced us to adopt, and we are building new products so for most of the existing products that we have, for instance, AppToy, App Store, or the, the back offices that we have for developers and partners, the changes in the roadmap were not that big. However, we had to build new teams in order to guarantee that the blockchain, in order to guarantee that the cryptocurrencies, in order to guarantee that this new way of doing business with our users and our developers were incorporated in the product. So it was no fork in the roadmap that we had before. It was a matter of thinking and anticipating things to guarantee that the transition was smooth. Of course, that there were some some moments where pain points arise, but I think that at the end of the day, doing such a transition like the adoption of a cryptocurrency that it's still something completely known, uncharted territory for most of our users and some of our stakeholders and some of our partners, I think that we went very well. I think that until now we were able to guarantee what Pedro said regarding talk test. We continue to be reliable to our partners because the roadmap we present them 12 months ago continues to be more or less the same. But now it be with cryptocurrency app clients.
1: That's a uh... First, a massive vision. So, congrats there, uh, and I hope it goes well. I know it's new technology, but it seems you guys are doing a great job there. Um, to finish the session, I'd like to ask each of you, uh, starting with Manel, just one tip. Like, if you if you could recommend something, if you could give a tip to a current product manager who's looking at scaling up his own company, his own product organization, what would you say to this person that really helped you? Uh, not only do a better job as a PM but help like really make a mark and uh, impact really impacting your startup
3: well good advice if they were really good they were not free but i accept app cards okay i will share with you my wallet. but um it's all about communication like peter said so the best advice i could give to a product manager was on one hand, you need to believe in what you are doing. If you do not believe that you are doing matters, well, it won't work. So you really need to believe in what you are doing. On the other hand, you need to work with people that share the same passion that you, sh- that you have with what you are working in. So you have to work with developers that really believe in what they are doing and really believe that in their own way, we are changing the world. This would be the best advice I could give to guarantee that we really believe in what we are doing and we have the opportunity to work with people that believe with us, that we are going to change the world. The rest, well, the rest is roadmap and user stories.
1: Couldn't have said it better. Pedro, uh, can you match that? <laughs>
2: uh, I, I will go, uh, I go also for communication, yeah, and I think, I think so. To I will pick up here something that Manal said. So to really believe on something, I really feel that that you need to get all the insights you can get. So and even working with your development team. So we we talk mu- much about CXM, salespeople, uh, executive decisions, also having the vision. But also uh, I think you will you will get much much uh from your development team also so they really do know how your product works they really do know the difficulties and the technical depth that you can uh, that you can undergo if you just go to a particular solution so really involve yourself of a lot of insights uh the more the better i think if you can if you can get insights from both uh business side from technical side uh from even the marketing marketing side i think you will have the best information available for you to build up something to roadmap uh, something and that you really believe in and then pitching that idea to to everyone that's around you and if everyone around you really feels that that's, that's the best way obviously you're not going to get everyone to 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 agreeing on you on 100% but i think it's the best thing that you can get it's have a lot of insights put them onto a paper build something that you believe in like manuel said and have your have your teams backing backing up you it's it's i think it's the the the, the best advice i can give also
1: thank you very much pedro i'm actually going to pitch in my own advice to uh product managers uh what i would say is is to celebrate the journey because product uh, is never done. You're never going to stop shipping. You're never going to stop building. You're never going to stop finding new problems to solve. Uh, And a lot of people forget to celebrate the actual path they only focus on the destination and it's all about the journey it's all about the moments the milestones that you hit it's all about um, finding and visualizing where you want to walk and once you know it you actually want to start running but never forgetting that it's the actual path that matters rather than where you're going Um, and while celebrating this journey focus on making sure that the team around your developers your designers your data scientists anyone that's working along Side, you uh, are more than mission builders. They're mission owners. They know what they're building. Alongside what Pedro and, and Manel said, focus on that journey. Focus on building up the people, growing that people, and honestly, like have a lot of fun because uh, there's nothing like building product. Um, so I want to appreciate uh, Pedro and Manel for their time, their lessons, their their knowledge. I want to appreciate uh, Scale Up Academy for the invite in making this happen. Like I said early on, uh, we need more of this product discipline. Um, knowledge exchange uh, happening so that we all together build better products for the world. So, um, on my end, I really appreciate Thank you, Randy, for uh, introducing this uh, conversation. Uh, and yeah, on my side, is everything. I don't know if you guys want to say anything to, to the audience.
0: Uh, no, we appreciate you, Andre, for, uh, for moderating this, and thanks to Pedro and Manuel for, for chiming in. Uh, good conversation. Thanks to you, the audience, for watching us uh, live stream here on Facebook at Scale Up Heroes. Uh, special thanks to all of our panelists today. If you enjoyed today's show of Scale Up Heroes, we want to offer you a free 30-day trial. Simply go to our website at scaleupacademy.io and sign up today. We hope that you'll share today's show. And you can tell us in the comments below if you've got suggestions on uh, future guests that we could talk to that you think can contribute to this conversation. We'd love to have you leave us a comment here. I'm your host, Randy Cantrell, and I hope that you'll join us next week when we plan to talk about scaling engineering teams. Thanks, guys.